I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. In part two of this series, Chris and the guests talk about key indicators for determining the potential of your business, staying agile in uncertain times, and navigating your competition. Jesse, Hubble took off like wildfire, I guess, in 2016. Can you talk about why, why this idea? Was it, why were you trying to solve this problem? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, contact lenses are a good subscription product. It's disposable lenses, which are healthier than other um, subcategories. But, you know, I think also, like, you know, part of it was just sort of not macro drop, backdrop, but like, you know, it was during a period where there was a lot of enthusiasm about box subscription. And so you know, that was a good time launching a box subscription business. Melanie, did you ever think about like a bathing suit subscription service or was that not never a business model you considered? <laughs> Not a business model. I came from BarkBox, a subscription service for dogs before I started Andy. Um, Obviously see tremendous value in a subscription company for all that recurring revenue, but just doesn't work in my category. Yeah. So I'm curious, Melanie, for you, when was the aha moment that you knew you were onto something with Andy? It was, it was pretty early in the life of the company. I started it, I, I mostly boot, bootstrapped it to start um, just to see if this was something that you know had any legs. And um, early indications that this did came in fast through, I mean, I basically used word of mouth and press as indicators to know if people would be interested, if women would be interested in buying this product. And when press started writing about it and you know, organically not paid and, and people were buying um, before we really started investing in paid social, uh, that to me was like, okay, from a baseline, this is a product that women want. And I think in general, one, one thing that I've learned and believe is that consumers are really savvy. And, you know, even though I have a background in marketing and feel like I'm, a, I, I'm, I, I, I believe that I'm a great marketer. I also don't think that you can pay, I mean, in my case, women, all the money in the world to buy a product that they don't want, or that's bad. It has to start with a good product. If if you're in a product business as I am. Um, And then once you, so, so sort of like, okay, do we have a good product? Yes, we do. Well, okay. If we have a great product, let's turn on the faucets. Let's raise some money. I can actually make this thing work. Um, So, so it was was pretty early with the product feedback. You know, when we were first starting Trainual, Jonathan, my brother was head of marketing, um, but I still had to do a lot of marketing myself, just shooting videos or posting things online. How much have each of you embraced this marketing role? Do you do a lot of that marketing? Did you have to learn that skill as well? Yeah. I, I mean, this, I always say this to founders is everybody wants to hand off marketing because it's really unpleasant and like not be involved at all. Um, and that like, yeah, it ends up being an area you have to be, make yourself very knowledgeable about um, because it's where your money goes. Um, so it, like as a business owner, your job is investing dollars and getting, hopefully getting back when you put in. That's like one of two places. The- yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Anthony, you are nodding to anything to add? Yeah. Look, uh, I'm fortunate. The the founder of the company is a, is a marketing machine. He's an ex-TV radio host. Um 
very creative and visionary, but it, you know, comes with a profile, especially in Australia. Uh, and we, we were able to generate PR. Um, he, he's, he's a storyteller, which is a, a phenomenal layer to a technical marketer. And I actually studied marketing, probably more of a technical marketer, but uh, it's quite a powerful uh, combination when you can really interlace storytelling with, with distribution. 100%. So for anyone listening, this is something I always thought of myself as the operations person, the business person, and I let my brother be the marketing person. But it wasn't until I embraced that, that things really started to take off. And it was definitely a combined effort. So I think we all have to be marketers to some extent. Uh, Anthony, you mentioned joining as CEO. So uh, how, there was a, a founder and you knew the founder well. How, how did you get involved? I didn't know the founder at all. Um, oh. We met through a recruiter. Um, as I said, he, he was a, a profile in Australia. I had a, had a great idea, um, classic founder in the sense of visionary and, and creative, but they'd never run a business and um, needed someone to, to really help take his ideas and, and strategize on them and execute on them. And um, yeah, it was, it was quite a unique scenario for a founder and a CEO to join uh, effectively from from the beginning, but uh, it works really well because you know the skill sets required. As I spoke before about the marketing skill sets of storytelling and, and technical marketing are, are quite diverse and um, rare. You find them in, in the same person, and we're able to um, really understand each other's strengths, um, divide and conquer to to a degree, um, and we've got a very uh, trusting and and uh, communicative relationship we we're um, quite comfortable talking to each other uh, calling each other out and and really invest in that relationship because any any partnership requires that what kind of self-awareness does it take to know that you're not the one to scale the business that you need a ceo or that you need a coo or you know if anybody's listening to this and feels that there's some maybe something missing what, what would you say to them Self-awareness, I think, is a very underrated um, uh, skill. It comes with, I guess, time and experience and probably the right people around you. Uh, Jules, the founder, has it in, in spades. Um, and I've actually found my own self-awareness has, has been developed so much through the process. But, yeah, it's, it's, it takes maturity and it takes trust. And um, as I said, when you can get it right, it, it works. But we also know it's, it's, it's really rare what we have and, and the success of it. Uh, and, and more and more, we, we we learn that because you know, as you said at the start, businesses are hard in themselves. Partnerships are hard in themselves. Even if you think about personal relationships, yeah. um, combine the two, and 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 you really have to make sure um, it, it works well. Right. Okay. So let's turn and talk about something that could definitely put us all out of business, and that's competition. Uh, Melanie, I read the Global Swimwear. Markets estimated to reach twenty-eight billion dollars in the next four years. So, how how do you stand out in a market like that where there's just so many players? Yeah, I mean, honestly, part of it comes down to the size of the market. Like you said, if it's a big market, um, and and I would argue that a you know twenty-eight billion dollar market is that. Um, then it can sustain a lot of competitors. Um, and um, I think you know one. When I first started Andy, I guess a few things. One is that I didn't do, I don't know how many people are um, just about to start a business. If, if most people have you know been in business for a long time, they already know this, but I didn't do a lot of research. Um, I kind of 
took my own personal experiences shopping for a swimsuit, which I found to be incredibly frustrating and decided, you know what, if I'm frustrated, others probably are. I'm going to start a swimsuit business. If I had spent more time researching the competitive landscape, I would have observed or come to learn that there are literally a trillion swimwear brands out there. And I probably would never have started Andy. And so that's where the value of a big market comes in. I didn't know that there were all these swimwear brands and my naivete was incredibly helpful because now Andy's grown so much and, and we keep growing and it, frankly, it doesn't really matter that there are a lot of other players out there. Um, I would not enter a competitive market that's a, that's a really small one. Like if there was a sub billion dollar market or something and it was highly competitive, I think that's probably not a good idea, but um it, it's been, it's, it's totally fine. Um, yeah. I love that perspective. I think now is that's a, that's a real challenge for people because it's so easy to just Google things and be like, Oh, that idea exists. Let me just give up. And totally. it used to be that you, you, you tell your family at the table and they think it's a great idea. So you do it right. Yeah. Anthony, same question to you. You know, this, this influencer industry has become more competitive, right? So when you see copycats pop up, what do you do? Do you pay attention to them? Do you, do you let it influence what you're doing? Uh, I'm a highly competitive individual. So I, 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 I often get sucked into seeing what others are doing. But uh, look, what, we are very differentiated. It, it's part, one of the challenges at the moment is we, we do things differently. We, we actually don't consider ourselves an influencer marketing business. It's more about creating content that, that has far greater utility. Uh, but that's one of our problems. We sort of people love to lump you in 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 with others, and so we're, we're doing a big project at the moment to differentiate ourselves. But one of the I was listening to a podcast the other day about um, from Simon, Simon Sinek talking about your rivals as opposed to your competitors, and you know really sort of seeing them in a, in and recognizing this. Hey, look, they're doing stuff well. We're doing stuff differently. I'm going to use that to continue to motivate uh, myself, but I'm not necessarily gonna put myself head to head because we've got our own direction and, and myself and the founder continuously come back to that. And uh, you know, what we find it is a big market. We 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 do so much more than than just that one thing and actually very rarely rub shoulders with the same competitor um, too often. So it's it's extremely fragmented and, and we just back back ourselves on what we're doing and and it's going well. Yeah, I think when I see competitors pop up, you know, our, our sales team or customer support team will be like, have you heard of this? And it constantly forces me to refine our differentiation because mm. when you've got a huge market, you have the ability to do things a little differently. And whether it's your product or your brand or your approach or your target customer, there's some way you can be different. So it sounds like you both uh, discovered that. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.